On Friday the 24th of January 1941, the Kent and Sussex Courier ran a small article entitled Protest on Nazi Airmen's Burial, in which residents of the small village of Stenning on the West Sussex Downs were opposed to the burial of five Luftwaffe crew in their local churchyard. Despite the protests, the burials proceeded as planned. But who were they? And what became of their graves? My name is John Pope. I'm a volunteer speaker with the Commonwealth War Graves Commission and a story moderator on the Forevermore series, which details the lives of people who died for their countries. I have an interest in the ordinary men and women who served in extraordinary times. But who were they? And where did they come from? What did they do before the war? And why did they join up? Some were volunteers, while some were conscripts. Some had the time of their lives, while others were scarred mentally or physically, or simply failed to return home. They weren't all heroes, and they weren't all decorated, but for most, war at home and abroad was an experience which shaped them and changed them. Drawing on books, official records, internet resources, and the personal recollections from friends and families, I've pieced together just some of the stories of those who served. Join me in this episode to learn more about Hauptmann Frederick Gustav Graf zu Kastel Kastel, a pilot with the Luftwaffe and his crew of four. Frederick Gustav Graf zu Kastel Kastel was born to a titled German family in Munich in December 1912. He was the third child and youngest son of Otto Friedrich Graf zu Kastel Kastel and Amelie Caroline Ludovica Gabrielle the princess of Lowenstein-Wertheim-Freudenberg. His lineage meant he was distantly related to the Victorian royal house of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha, who changed their name to Windsor in 1917 as a result of anti-German sentiment during World War I. In the interwar years, Frederick and his siblings, elder brother Leopold and sisters Pauline and Marie-Thérèse, moved 30 miles east of Munich to the family home, just across the Austrian border in Hochberg Ach, north of Salzburg. When World War II began, the brothers either chose to join the forces or were compelled to do so, and whilst his elder brother Leopold became an Oberleutnant in the Wehrmacht, Frederick became a pilot in the Luftwaffe. Following the Battle of Britain and the failure of Göring's Luftwaffe to destroy the RAF and pave the way for the military occupation of Britain, Luftwaffe tactics switched to bombing major cities, dockyards and factories. The Blitz lasted from September 1940 to May 1941 and resulted in 40,000 civilian deaths and the destruction of more than one million homes. Despite the scale of the destruction, the British war effort was largely unaffected and civilian morale remained generally high and stoical in the face of almost nightly bombing. Richard Overy, who wrote a number of books on air power and strategic bombing during World War II, asserts that the Luftwaffe failed to develop a proper strategy to attack British military production and was let down by poor or outdated intelligence. When we look back over that nine-month period, the popular image is of massed nighttime raids, searchlights and anti-aircraft fire, with ARP wardens shouting at homeowners to observe the blackout. But the tactical air war was more complex and piecemeal than that. Whilst there were large German air raids, often coordinated against ports and industrial centres, 
the RAF began to deploy radar-equipped twin-engine night fighters, such as the Blenheim, and later the more modern Bowfighter. To counter this, the Luftwaffe often sent small formations in which bombers took off at intervals of three to four minutes apart and flew in streams towards a specific target. These tactics meant that the bombers tended to avoid detection, but the risk of falling victim to night fighters or anti-aircraft fire or simply losing contact with the other aircraft in their formation remained high. On the night of the 19th to 20th January 1941, a Staffeln of Heinkel 111 H3 bombers took off from Montdidier between Paris and Amiens in northern France. Its mission was to drop incendiaries on installations in Portsmouth and Southampton dockyards. The lead pilot was Hauptmann Frederick Gustav Graf zu Castel, then aged 28, who was Staffelkapitan, a similar role to RAF squadron leader or commander. Frederick was married to Wiebecker Baronin von Lotzbeck of Denmark and they had two young children. They lived at his family home on the German-Austrian border. His air crew that night were observer Oberfeldwebel Hans Schubert, air gunner and wireless operator Oberfeldwebel Gunther Janssen, bomb aimer and wireless operator Stassfeldwebel Zaver Kreuz and flight engineer Gefreiter Gunther Lehning. All the crew members were aged 27 or 28 years old. According to contemporary accounts, Frederick's aircraft became separated from others in his staffel and may have been hit by anti-aircraft fire as it crossed the coast near Shoreham by sea. Both the harbour and nearby Shoreham airfield had anti-aircraft positions, but observers report that the Heinkel flew at low altitude up the Ada Valley and was lit by a glow in the cockpit. The aircraft was seen to circle several times between Shoreham and Upper Beading and fired a Veery light and three flares, a common distress signal or a request to land the aircraft. At that point the aircraft suddenly burst into flames and made a forced landing near a farm on Wickham Lane, north of Beading and east of Stenning. All the crew were killed by the fire and the aircraft was destroyed. The remains of the crew were recovered from the wreck. On the insistence of the vicar, the Reverend Ernest Cox, the five airmen were borne through the streets of Stenning on Bren gun carriers and buried in the northeastern corner of the cemetery of St Andrew's and St Cuthman's Church. There was some intense local opposition, as a piece from the Kent and Sussex Courier from the 24th of January 1941 explains. A number of residents in the Sussex village of Stenning are opposed to the burial of five German airmen in the churchyard. The Nazis were fatally burned when their Heichel bomber crashed in flames on the outskirts of the village on Sunday night. Mr H.F. Holland, member of the British Legion, said on Tuesday, Why should they lie among our loved ones? They came over here to wreck our homes and murder our kith and kin. The vicar of Stenning, the Reverend E.W. Cox, stated that there could be no question that the men should be buried in the churchyard. He declined to give the time of the funeral and added, We do not want a crowd. According to the Dundee Evening Telegraph, the funerals took place on Thursday the 23rd of January, in which a service was conducted by the Reverend Cox, who made a plea for a kindlier spirit and tolerance towards those our fallen enemies. 
the vicar said that he had been greatly touched to know that some little personal memento was found on each of the men that showed that whatever their mission, they'd left some loved ones in Germany. Let us, he added, deal graciously with them. The five coffins were lowered into their graves as buglers sounded the last post and reveille. There was no volley fired and the Nazi flag was not on the coffins. Opposition or not, the graves remained undisturbed in St Andrew's and St Cuthman's churchyard until the late 1950s. On the 16th of October 1959, an agreement was signed between the governments of the United Kingdom and the Federal Republic of Germany concerning the future care of the graves of German nationals who'd lost their lives in the United Kingdom during the two world wars. The agreement provided for the transfer to a central cemetery of all graves which were not situated in cemeteries and plots maintained by the Commonwealth War Graves Commission. The equivalent German organisation, the Volksbund Deutscher Kriegsgraber Versorger, arranged to transfer the graves of German servicemen to the new cemetery. On an area of heathland between Stafford and Cannock, east of the M6 in Staffordshire, lies the Cannock Chase German Military Cemetery. It contains almost 5,000 German and Austrian graves, including four of the five aircrew who died on the 19th of January 1941 and were buried at Stenning. According to the Commonwealth War Graves records, the graves were in the care of the vicar, although by then the Reverend Cox had retired, but the church received a payment of seven shillings and sixpence to help with their upkeep. Since they were not cared for by the Commonwealth War Graves Commission, they were removed from the register, exhumed, transferred and reburied sometime between the 28th of November 1957 and the 25th of September 1962. Photographs of their headstones can be seen on the Those Who Served episode extras page of the website. But what of the fifth grave? That of Frederick Gustav Graf zu Kastel-Kastel. His wife Wiebecker, mother and sisters were still alive and arranged for his remains to be transferred at the expense of the family to the Castel-Castel plot of the churchyard at Hochberg-Ach, near the Austrian-German border, on the 25th of September 1962. His mother Amelie outlived both him and his brother Leopold, who died following an air crash near Sofia in Bulgaria in November 1941, while she died in 1978 at the age of 94. His two sisters, Pauline and Marie-Thérèse, died in 2002, and his wife, Wiebecker, died in 2000. The graves of Gunther Lenning, Heinz Schubert, Gunther Janssen and Zava Kreuz, and that of Frederick Graf zu Kastel-Kastel, are and will remain well cared for. Those of other German servicemen were not always so fortunate, and many have no known grave, or remain undiscovered on a battlefield somewhere in Russia, France... Egypt or Italy. The unbekampt or the unknown are not so very different wherever they may lie. I'd like to thank the Sussex History Forum, the Kent and Sussex Courier, St Andrew's Stenning and the Commonwealth Wargraves Commission for access to their archives and for some of the photographs on the episode extras page on the Those Who Served website. Until next time, thank you for listening to Those Who Served, with me, John Pope. You can listen to the show via the website, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or a host of other platforms. 
If you listen on Apple, please leave a review, as it makes the show easier for other Apple users to find. You can follow the show on social media via Twitter, at those who served, or on Instagram, those.whoserved. You can show your support for this free podcast by clicking on buymeacoffee.com on the Those Who Served website. All funds are used to cover the costs of research, production and syndication. You can join in with the show by sharing what details you know of a family member or friend who served in a 20th century conflict. Contact me directly by email at info at thosewhoserved.co.uk. Thank you.